Hi, welcome back to Behind the Soundcheck, a podcast dedicated to bringing you all of the stories from behind the scenes of the music industry. As per usual, I'm Tiana, and today we're heading into episode three. And my special guest today is one of the leading ladies in music publicity. As Queen Bee of the PR brand Beehive PR, Sammy Anshaw is a dazzling trifecta of publicist, hype woman, and undying music fan who has brought publicity dreams to life for the likes of psychedelic porn crumpets, the getaway plan, and many, many more. Sammy not only lives and breathes music, she knows what it takes to get your music front and centre and isn't afraid to think outside the box to bring campaigns to life. Plus, add in the fact that she's outrageously lovely and you've got a surefire winner here who knows how to create a buzz about your band. Sammy, it is so lovely to be speaking to you today, especially for me personally because you have become a huge part of my own music industry journey. And it's really awesome for me to be able to share with everyone else a way to dive into your world a bit more today. So I guess to kick things off, let's start with one of the broadest questions of all time. How did you wind up working in the music industry? Oh, well, thank you very much for having me. I am right back at you Mm -hmm. about being part of the industry together. I feel very lucky to work with you. There was never really a plan B for me. Like I this is all I ever wanted to do, but it just took me time to figure out what part of the industry I wanted to be in. So I really started working in nightclubs as a way to kind of be in the live scene and get the relationships. And then I went and started working for Future Music Festival, which was excellent. Um, I got in there with a friend and he just helped me work my way up in there and taught me everything. So I was with them for nine seasons and they were unreal doing their operations, which was great. And then I um, when Mushroom Group purchased them, I went over and did tour coordinating for Mushroom, which was awesome and loved it. And then through that, I got the opportunity to do PR again, which I'd freelanced at before with the guys at Global PR and just totally fell back in love with it and really realized, you know, I love events in the live side and I'll always have something to do with that, but I'm really passionate about PR. So very focused on that. It's led to the creation of Beehive PR. You've helped so many artists flourish in their careers, not just in this role and project, but also previously. But what inspired you to kind of take the jump and start your own PR avenue in that respect? I like moving fast, I think. Mm -hmm. I think we're in an industry that's constantly changing and it's changing at rapid pace. And I like to be able to change at my own speed. And I think the only way that you can do that is by working it for yourself Um, or, you know, there is always great people out there that are like that, but I just wanted to have that opportunity to do that. Yeah. So that's why I went into work with myself, which I just love, you Mm. know, I've had great opportunities to work with really incredible people throughout my time, but felt like I was ready for the next step. Yeah. No, I felt the same. I just thought I didn't really know at the time how to crack into the industry essentially. And I thought, well, maybe I'll just start myself and kind of try to learn it. But then now I feel like I'm stuck. I don't think I can make the jump into the reverse somehow. So I feel like I'm stuck with myself for life. (laughs) No, I think you always can. I think the connections you build by yourself or with other people is all that it's about because Mm. the Australian music industry especially is so small and such a great community that 
opportunities do just pop up. It's just a matter of timing, I think, and openness to those opportunities and saying no to the wrong ones as well. Mm, very, very good point, actually. It's, it's always easy to forget that side of it and that's something I'm slowly learning <laughs> bit by bit. <laughs> <laughs> well, otherwise, you just take on too much and I, I think that's one thing I've really learned is even if you really want to work on something and you're really passionate about it but you know it's not right or you're not going to be able to dedicate the amount of time that it needs you just have to say no because you're closing the door for someone else that it is right for as Mm. well so yeah saying no (laughs) yes saying no is a good thing sometimes Um, and I guess starting off with the broader question of how you got into the music industry, I kind of have another broad one to ask you to pick your brain about because on the surface, it's quite obvious why PR is so important, but from your perspective as someone who has worked in it so extensively, why is PR so important for the music industry? I think it's about telling a story. I think art is a story in itself and I think musicians want to communicate that and it's how they do it. I think a really strategic long-term approach to an artist's vision and their career is vital to be honest Mm -hmm. you know and you need to get the message across the correct way and artists need champions and they find those in radio and print and online media to help grow and expose them to larger audiences and with print and online media you can absolutely and radio do unreal marketing campaigns but I feel the artist's connection with their fan base really comes out in, you know, long-form journalism and short-form, you know, quick-fire questions and and listicles and um, get-to-know pieces. And I think music is that personal connection and when artists have a personal connection with their fan base by giving them that insight, it just helps them grow a greater fan base and have that connection. Yeah, it's so true because you do see just those little things and even when bands are first coming up, it's like the more information that's kind of out there, it's kind of easier to grasp onto it and get more into it and for lack of a better word, to put a pun on your own company name, to create a buzz essentially. (laughs) (laughs) I had to, I had to do it. (laughs) Um, Excellent. But I I feel there's so many personal stories out there why artists have written those songs, whether it's relationship breakup or it's, you know, health issues or it's family issues that people can relate to. And when they can bring that out in their messaging, it's, you know, really awesome. Mm, And it would be so satisfying to kind of see a lot of this come to life and be a part of that journey because it's not that it's underestimated, but I feel like you know, the true impact of a great PR collaboration is just beyond what so many people would often think. And I wonder from someone, again, who has done it so frequently, you know, people are looking more and more. Some people think they can DIY this process and do it themselves, which some people probably can. And that's amazing if they can actually do that, because I feel like I would not be able to handle it. But (laughs) what do you think are the advantages that you can offer that perhaps people don't think about when they're planning to do their own publicity or press release or, you know, that kind of thing? Just the knowledge about what people want, how they want something presented to them. You know, we put a lot into the way that we craft our pitch and our relationships with people. So I know if someone doesn't, you know, really like this kind of style of rock and we know that because we deal with them across so many records and we've got a relationship with them and 
we know don't pitch that to them because they don't necessarily like it and it won't get a good review. So it's the experience of knowing who likes what and where to pitch it as mm-hmm. well because there's a lot of times where you can, if you send in the wrong pitch, it's time wasted because they don't cover it or, you know, if you send in a pitch for someone and say, hey, can you do a snap and review and it's not something that they offer on their website, you know, they're kind of like, why should I invest in you if you haven't even invested in the time to look at our website? Mm. And the media landscape is just so large in Australia and contacts are constantly changing. You know, we look in our, we we update our database daily you know with people moving around you know and not just one or two contacts but so many so there's you know there's some great people that are really long term and there's a lot of people that move around just from different publications and radio stations and being on top of that is so much work (laughs) Mm. and one thing I noticed I mean so many companies do do it but you in particular are amazing at it coming from myself in a media perspective of it is that I never have to go hunting for info or for assets or anything. Like it's all there. It's all easy. I just, you know, sometimes you do get bands contacting you directly and you want to help them, but then you're having to talk them through how to send, you know, a code so you can embed their song in your website. And it just turns into this very tedious, lengthy process, which is fine. But yeah, it does push it through my inbox, getting everything and having someone who's busy aren't they like you're so busy and we're so grateful every time that you post something that it's our responsibility to give you everything you need so you're not going back and forth asking for things you know and we get you get more pickups because of it when you're organized and Mm. people have what they want absolutely (laughs) (laughs) and as someone who you've worked with a lot of amazing artists over the years and I'm kind of interested to ask you if there's been any particular PR campaign or, you know, bands that you've helped along the way that's kind of stood out or been a big bucket list moment for your career. Yeah, look, Psychedelic Porn Crumpets, just watching them at Splendour this year was very emotional. (laughs) We have worked with those guys and continue to do so since you know, maybe two years now, they just had a couple of spins on Triple J, were obviously making already incredible music. But, you know, in the time we've worked with them, and I just need to say they're the nicest people on the planet. So this is why you get so invested in them. Mm-hmm. They've just, you know, signed worldwide deals and they're selling out tours in Europe and England and America and they're playing Desert Days and they've just played a heap of festivals in the UK Mm. and when they played Splendour this year it was just a real moment the crowd was singing their songs back to them and it was packed and it was just awesome to see this band grow over that period of time and to still be so humble they just walked Mm. off stage and they're like oh people know our song (laughs) oh I was like oh my god of course they do (laughs) what I really love about that story actually is I saw psychedelic porn crumpets for the first time supporting nothing but thieves at the metro maybe a year or two ago and What's really sweet about you saying what they said about Splendour is the first time I saw Nothing But Thieves, they played their first ever Australian show here about three years ago. And that was actually the first thing they said at the end of the set. They were like, we came out to Australia, we had no idea anyone knew the words. So it's kind of cute that these guys are now supporting Nothing But Thieves, like it's got this mentality. And I feel like these are the bands that are still resonating and just capturing attention 
not just for their music, but they're just lovely people. It's very refreshing. It really resonates. Like just being nice and kind and respectful to everyone at every single level. And the guys do that because they're such good people. But it just makes people want to get behind them, you know, mm. and everyone that comes in contact with them loves them and it, it's working, you know. Yeah. And I think it's, I haven't got my mother on board and she definitely <laughs> would not think that she would be into a band called Psychedelic Porn Crumpet. So that's a win. That is a huge tick in the box, I would say. That's excellent. <laughs> <laughs> um, something I want to just go back to that you briefly mentioned um, with the whole radio play thing. It seems like the musical Golden Goose for a lot of artists still is commercial radio play and obviously stations like Triple J still have a huge sway in the industry. Do you feel like commercial radio still has the same clout that it had, say, you know, 10 years ago or just before the whole streaming thing really took off? I think it hasn't lost it, but streaming has come up to match it, if that makes sense. Mm. So radio is so important. So many people listen and use that, you know, their taste as a guide, I guess is a very bad way to say it. No, it's (laughs) Um, yeah, very true. But... Uh, radio, I think, is hugely important for artists, especially young artists, you know, and Triple J are unreal. They champion Australian music and they really do try and play so much music. They can't play everything, mm. but they give so many bands a run, even if it's just a spin but not rotation, but they test it out and they give you feedback and, and Triple J on Earth, you know, can't rave about them enough, I think, you know, Artist High is one of my favourite things, the artists that they uncover every year and watching them to go on and do great things. Um, So, yeah, absolutely. And I think streaming, it's just come up to it. It's so important again Mm. and it's just another avenue that has to be looked at and factored into your campaign. Well, again, you've led perfectly into another thing I wanted to touch on. Um, (laughs) You're just nailing it. (laughs) Another huge cover to White Whale for a lot of people is the Spotify playlist inclusion. And I guess I wanted to ask you from your perspective, is this a pretty solid indication that you've quote unquote made it? Because I've noticed some bands who have had songs out for, you know, they're months old and then they suddenly been picked up into these playlists. So I wonder sometimes if you don't make it, it's not necessarily an indication that it's not being noticed. It's not a good song because I feel like that's a slower burn than say radio or unearthed. Even radio, sometimes a song can be out for ages and it really mm. has to, you know, prove its worth mm. by showing that the band's got an audience and what they're doing and they're selling tickets before it will be picked up. So mm. I think often they can both be slow burn worlds. I think the most important thing to always focus on is just making good music continually because, you know, music cycles out and you've got to have something great to follow it up with. And I think... In saying that as well, don't be disheartened if your single doesn't make it. There's so many bands that I know, and I think Ocean Alley is the example that everyone uses. Like Triple J were not adding them to rotation for a really long time, Mm. but these guys started selling out like thousand cap rooms. And then look how it it changed because they said, look, we've got an audience. People love it. And that was a great thing for them. So... I think don't 
be disheartened and also don't rely on any one aspect because a career needs to be built through everything. It needs to be touring. It needs to be radio. It needs to be printed online. It needs to be constant releasing. It needs to be all different things that all work together to build and get the momentum. It's not just one thing. So if you don't get a playlist but you do get radio, awesome. If you don't get both on this release, keep putting one foot in front of the other. Well, and you never know who's watching and who's listening. Like it can definitely be bubbling away and you don't even know it. So it's kind of exciting. It's nice. (laughs) Exactly. And I think it's about creating art. And if you create something you're really proud of at the end of the day, that's unreal. That's what matters. No, absolutely. And I think that's, it's inspiring and it gives a bit of hope because it can sometimes feel, I guess, especially if you're starting out, it can feel like you're bashing your head against a brick wall for some people. So I think that's really, really awesome advice. Totally. And lots of bands have chipped away for years at one band and then they change artistically and change bands and it happens with the next band. You just got to keep creating. Yep. Good, good advice for us all, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Not to focus on any negatives necessarily, but something I'm quite interested in from someone who's in not an opposite world, but a very different world to what I'm dealing with, because you're coming up with a lot of this stuff. You're presenting this band a certain way, whereas I get the finished package. I don't have to market that and direct it. Have you ever had an occasion where you've had to push back or kind of question an artist on how they wanted to present themselves or managed expectations of outcomes? Yeah, absolutely. Managing expectations is one of the biggest parts of our jobs you know we get a lot of emails saying we want to work with you but we must get triple j rotation and spotify playlisting and i'm like okay well um let's have a listen to the song and we can never guarantee anything but people sometimes think if they don't get spotify playlisting or triple j that's it you know but a career is built over more lots of lots of wins you know and it's rare you see someone like lord or tones <laughs> and i blow up at that speed you know and overnight success is just not the case and even tones and i isn't an overnight success because she was has been working her ass off for years busking and performing and writing music so it's just that when it went into the the world it worked and it worked really quickly and she has a great team and that's a big part of it but yeah I think I'm a big believer in being positive always and so I tend to advise our clients if it's in line with them it's always their choice to be positive about everything rather than being negative because you know, you get out what you put out into the world. So that's something I definitely advise. But at the end of the day, it's their music and what they want to talk about. Mm. So we've always got to respect that and work with them. And, you know, if it's not in line with us, then we'll recommend them to someone else who's it's more in line with. Mm. That's awesome too, because I feel like it's easy to forget other people aren't necessarily competition, even if they're doing the same thing. There is enough work for all of us. And I think it's so important to hold on to totally. what you, you know, who you are as a company and as a person too, because it's your, it's your baby. So. And we're the ones that are selling it and want to believe in it. And it's just a company policy for us that we only work on things that we really believe in. Mm. And, you know, if I don't think that this is the best glass of water that I've ever drunk, <laughs> 
someone else will think that and that's the person you want on your team, you know. So getting a no from someone isn't a bad thing. It's about finding the right team. And we also want to work with people for a really long time. So it's better to be the right fit at the start. Yeah, good secrets to longevity. That, again, applies to so many things. So I'm definitely on board with that. Team positivity and longevity, yes. (laughs) So going back quickly to yourself and your life at Beehive PR, obviously it's your professional baby. Are there any ongoing plans for how you want to develop your own creative goals and the company while you're effectively furthering countless others and their own creative careers? Sure. Definitely want to expand our team. I'm so lucky to have Sos and Beck. They're unreal and um, couldn't do it without them. And we just want to keep building so that we can build into avenues, other avenues and service different aspects for people. Um, we're definitely straight up PR and radio plugging and we'd love that, but we'd definitely like to offer a little bit more so we'll grow over, you know, the next couple of years in our team so that we can do that. Hey, well, I'm excited to keep seeing what you guys get up to. Oh, thanks. <laughs> so what I'm going to do now is cut off the long, boring questions from me so that I, <laughs> I don't keep talking your ear off, but I just want to kind of get to know you a little bit more in a little informal way. And I'm calling it the Soundcheck Sound Off, which is a lightning round where I'm just going to ask you a few quick questions and if you can answer as quickly as you can without overthinking your answers, but secretly okay. you can overthink your answers if you want to. <laughs> um, okay, so let's try number one. You are a staple in the Aussie music industry, but have you ever harboured secret plans to start a band? Are you hiding any musical secrets from us? Not at all. I am totally talentless. <laughs> I do have an electronic drum kit at home and I feel very sorry for it. <laughs> I've always wanted to get one. I nearly bought one when Audi put them out and I was like, there's a keyboard sitting in the corner that you barely play. Let's not add another <laughs> instrument to neglect. <laughs> Oh, very funny. That's right. Maybe one day we'll secretly start a band on the slide. We, and- we can. Yep. I can do drums. You can do keys. This is good. Yep. This is looking good. We'll, just go un- <laughs> we'll be very underground. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, so for number two, what is the first gig you ever went to? Oh, God, I don't know. For me, I, I actually forgot when I, every time I write questions, I try to think if I know the answer and I actually forgot I had to go back in my brain a very long way. <laughs> I don't actually know. I think the first festival I ever went to was Summer Days in Melbourne and that was awesome. That was just such an eye-opener for me and I was very excited to then go and work for them years later. Yeah, dream come true a little bit. That's amazing. Yeah, it was actually. It was awesome. That's awesome. Who was playing at it? I don't remember. (laughs) I think we've got that. Let's stick with the the first answer. We'll find out later. Um, So number three, do you have a dream artist that you'd love to work PR for one day or are you happy to just be surprised and find something new and exciting along the way? I mean, I think the Queen Bees need to work together. That mm-hmm. makes a lot of sense to me. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> like that would, yeah, you know, she would just be real. Imagine that. That oh. would be amazing. Dream pairing. Let's. Well, that's another one. We'll put that on our list to do as well. We'll tick yeah. all of this off as we go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So the next one is more of 
probably your day-to-day kind of thing. What is the weirdest thing you've ever encountered when you're doing a PR campaign for a band? Have you ever had really odd requests or ideas that have just completely taken you by surprise? No, not for like marketing or out of this world ideas. I guess just some of the music that we get sent is out of this world Mm. and I love that it is and that is, yeah, probably (laughs) the thing that we're like, okay. Um, But we love it, like send it all to us and the weird and the wonderful, excellent. We might not be the right team but we love it and, yeah, there's some great ones that have been sent through. Yeah, the more the merrier. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And okay, for the next one, you are stranded on a desert island and you can take one band for company. Who are you taking and why? Uh, one of our clients or someone famous? It could be your choice. Uh, okay, I'll give you two answers. If it was one of our clients, it would be the Paul and Crumpets because they're hilarious and very resourceful. And um, if it was someone famous, I'd say Anderson Pack because Malibu that album on a desert island just makes sense to me. Ah, both perfect. <laughs> and I feel like because the, the psychedelic porn crumpets guys, they've got quite long hair too, so I feel like they'd have your hair care sorted if you needed anything while you're stranded. Yeah, they've all got long curly hair. Yeah. It just makes sense. And they're very resourceful. I would not be surprised if they could find a rider on the desert island. <laughs> <laughs> dream, dream bands. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> um, so last but not least, to close out each of my podcast episodes, I'm asking each of my guests to share with me a song or a sound or a musical thing that changed your life, um, perhaps something that has heavily impacted you, whether it's been professionally or personally and still holds a special place for you. So, Sammy, what is the song, sound or musical thing that has changed your life? It just has to be rage for me. I just... Honestly, think I'm in the music industry because I used to get up every Saturday or Sunday morning as a kid and that was it. That was all that was on. I just wanted to watch the clips. Every time I think about working in the industry, it just comes back to watching those clips and being so inspired and so excited and just that's it. That was it, you know, so rage. Yeah. Keep going strong, please. (laughs) I know. I love it still around and I feel this is going to make me sound like such an old person it's such an old person thing to say but I'm so grateful that I feel like we got to grow up in that time because with YouTube you can pick and choose and it's at your fingertips whereas with Rage we you didn't know what the hell was coming next I mean if you watched at 3am you'd go into a parallel universe at times I think totally and they still program like that it's awesome like they love the weird wonderful out there and I just think that's the best ever Mm. No, it's a great way to just keep an eye out on what is out there. And, yeah, I'm with you, 100% rage. <laughs> well, we need the rage. <laughs> oh, I do. I know. Let's get rage on. Let's You and me, we can get, we'll go talk on rage one time too. <laughs> Putting this all on my bucket list. <laughs> well, Sammy, thank you so much for your time and your wisdom, Shay. It is always so awesome to chat with you, regardless of if it's on a podcast or just via a lovely email. Um, and I guess for anyone out there who is considering PR for their band, there are heaps of amazing people out there, including yourself and Beehive PR, and they will be very looked after coming to you. So thank you for your time, and I'm so grateful to be able to get a little bit of extra time with you. It's always wonderful. Oh, thank you. This has been really fun. Thank you. Thank you so much. much. You're the best. Bye. Bye. And that is the end of episode three. Thank you everyone for joining me today. It has been a delight having you with me once again. 
I hope you've enjoyed jumping inside the mind of Sammy and the whole world of music publicity. And if you'd like to catch up on any previous episodes, you can head on over and search Behind the Soundcheck on Spotify or iTunes. Or, of course, you can head to the Soundcheck website, which is www.thesoundcheck.org. As per usual, a massive thank you to the outrageously handsome Osaka Punch Gents for my theme song. And, of course, to Sammy for joining me today. Be sure to tune in next Friday for another episode from Behind the Soundcheck. I will chat to you then.